Who do you think Arnold is? Well, I've got a theory. Could be Bernard. A robot Bernard. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. Could be Dolores. He hid himself inside a massive robot mind. Yes, I've got a theory. We should podcast fast. Every week, a new hot take. We cannot take them back. I've got a theory. Did I say one? No, I mean I have many, many theories. So many, we made a show about it. And only three episodes in, I believe we're at uh, approaching a dozen theories at this point, which we'll get into right in a second here. My name is Jacob Burrows. And my name is Jim Scampoli. We are here to discuss Westworld Season 2, which actually is season one but we'll get to that hmm, interesting that's very interesting I, I i you could mean that in so many different ways when it's this show you know uh so we wanted to start out with some feedback we got uh or some sent in theories if you want to send in theories you can send them to westworldtheory at gmail.com or shows what you know show at gmail.com this one's from stephanie Hey guys, I love the show. Listening to your podcast helped me form this half-crazy idea I've been tossing around in my head. Okay, so I can't stop thinking about a scene in the alternative Super Bowl trailer. This is about 1 minute 15 seconds in, where old William, a man in black, is walking in a lab, and a man is behind him throwing things against a wall slash glass. Who is this guy? Is it a clone of himself? Or maybe it's James Delos, but in the man in black timeline. Okay. Well, didn't Did I, I find think- that... I kind of said that, didn't I? Didn't I kind of say that, yeah, we're going to see this guy. He's alive in the future or what have you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so my theory is Delos, uh, the company, has already developed immortality, but for whatever reason, they haven't shared it. And James Delos is immortal, but housed in a giant unreachable, f- unbreachable facility that William built, locking him away. And uh, he showed this to Dolores at some point. And he's really pissed that William is there because he's the one in charge and thus keeping him trapped, so he's pitching a fit. Side note, I think the transfer into his immortal body didn't go so well mentally, i.e. the scene where his face is all shredded up in the mirror. Maybe he did that to himself. Okay, that's also in the trailer, I think. I've always thought he was holding one of those skin mender things in his hand, so maybe he's repairing himself, going a little crazy about actually being immortal, because seriously, what a mindfuck. We're only halfway through, but what are your thoughts so far, Jim? Well, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to track what's going on here. So, Delos is immortal, but also William is immortal. Uh, this is saying that old Delos is immortal. William's old now because uh, he has kept aging. So it's it's Del- Mr. Delos, but in present day, according to this theory. My first thought is, if they developed immortality, I mean, hosts are immortality. It would be redundant to have another form of immortality in this show. But as he mentioned, you, you could always transfer someone into an immortal body. But then William taking control, it seems almost like, why do you keep him around even at that point? Because you're evil? Because you can't sure. kill him because he's immortal. <laughs> well, I, I guess. The only way to get rid of an, an immortal person is to trap them away in unreachable, an, un, and an unbreachable facility that you built right. with your own two hands. Right. No, but what I'm saying is if there's another, if there's an immortality pill in this show, I'm just going to say, nah, this is fucking dumb well, because we have the hosts. They are how you get immortal. Uh, but that's what I think um, uh, to kind of stay in line with this theory, I think sh- I think she's on a right track, but I, I, I don't know if it would be that he's physically immortal. It would be more like 
the consciousness into a host type of mortal. So yeah. I think I think they can kind of go hand in hand here, uh, and I think it's kind of in line with maybe what this show could start to explore because a lot of it is what is us, what makes consciousness, what makes you know intelligence and self awareness. So I think that could work. Yeah, I mean, Ford was definitely on that tip. And of course, Arnold, I mean, he, he built Bernard, who is Arnold, and then Ford got himself killed, but he's still living in the machine, kind of. We thought maybe he'll have a body for himself, but hey, he seems to be a little bit in everyone, speaking through everyone's mouth, so does he even need to do that? Let me read the rest of this. So the man in black has had a change of priorities, so to speak, and wants to destroy this facility and make sure no one else becomes immortal. Charlotte needs the info on how to let uh, others also eventually become immortal. Arnold and Logan realize what the company was doing and offered themselves or was doing and offered themselves slash became an addict and couldn't deal. Interesting. Oh, so yeah, also, Arnold off killed himself and then Logan became an addict. That's kind of what that sentence oh, is right. saying. Yeah. Right. Also, maybe Ford was thinking humans have really screwed up this and doesn't uh, think they'll ever make the right decisions about immortality going forward. So it gives the hosts power to make decisions, this decision themselves. I don't know what Dolores wants with it other than that she made uh, this decision to get there somehow, maybe to be a messiah. Something about how she killed Major uh, Craddock and brought him back to life made me think she might want to show up in the real world with the supposedly long-dead James Delos and be like, surprise, I'm one hell of a messenger with this not-dead guy. Uh, thoughts? Well, my immediate thought is, like, James Delos, he was already being marginalized by William. What, like, it's not like bringing him out would be like an ace in the hold, or would it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, well, because also it's like you'd be kind of changing old William. Although, I mean, that's not out of realm for this show to have this secret motivation that you never would have thought of and kind of goes a little bit against what the character acted like earlier in mm -hmm. the show just for the sake of having that via twist. So, I mean, I guess that would potentially happen, but... Um, yeah, I think it changes too much. I think I think there is something to be said for the immortality in reference to just your consciousness and living on through a host. And yeah, we're kind of seeing that already with Bernard slash Arnold, but like maybe even the next evolution of that, the next step of that, I think could be something that's revealed as part of this show. And it's like the whole thing of evolution because we already know Ford now does see his creation as like the next step of life, but maybe the next step of life is like a weird combination um, mm -hmm. of like a person's consciousness becoming the programming and not something written by someone else. Yes. Um, and I mean, this very short clip, it's about a second from the alternate uh, trailer, um, one minute, 15 seconds in. And I, I watching it, I don't know who the guy in the background throwing the chair or whatever is, but I also, I don't, I'm not even sure the guy in the foreground is the man in black. I mean, it probably is. It's just that I've only seen him without a hat one time and I basically didn't recognize him in uh, episode one here. So uh, he, he's faced away. I, I can't, uh, I can't be sure. And also the place looks exactly like every underground Westworld facility. But then again, your theory is that it is in the park. So, I mean, 
uh, look, I remember a time we were discussing, I think, episode three of uh, season one, and I was like, William, Man in Black, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm not going to be too harsh on anything here, uh, and uh, you're probably completely right. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Yes, we'll see. We also have some feedback or uh, thoughts from uh, Jonathan. This is about the the current episode. Um, It wasn't a strong episode, Jonathan writes. I had trouble with character motivation again. For example, why would Armistice uh, keep Felix and Sylvester alive after they fixed her arm? Okay. I I agree. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't like the Fort Forlorn Hope shootout. This was my reaction during the shootout. Why is the security so bad at this park? They are just walking towards Fort Forlorn Hope on an open field. Mm-hmm. There was there is a back door to the fort. Why are there only two guards at this door? Did Dolores want them to kidnap Abernathy? This whole thing is very convenient for Charlotte Hale. Why did Dolores' plan uh, involve killing confederados? Wouldn't the security want to get inside the fort even if there wasn't a bunch of dead confederados trapped outside the gate so the explosives would have killed them anyway? I think that's a good question. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just um, the plan was always to use them as bait, I suppose. Just kind of, it's just a nice way to bring them in. Uh, but they where... have even shot them themselves. Like Dolores's men had to do the shooting through the door to kill them, which is like the, their worst bait now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just giving the um, security kind of this false sense of security, if you will, where, I mean, they're already just marching head on into gunfire, which is weird. But, I mean, I don't know. It, it, that didn't really stand too much out to me because it's just like, all right, they're moving in. Let's bring them in, make them feel like it's a challenge, make them feel like they're one. Now they're in a more comfortable state, and then you uh, turn the tables on them. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, there is a good point, though, that I think Dolores just kind of turns around or whoever it is, the tur- maybe it's Bernard or whatever. Someone turns around and just sees them dragging Abernathy away. And it's like, oh, yeah, just- that I completely was like, what? Like, yeah. and I'm with Jonathan. I started to wonder, wait, is this part of Dolores's plan? But then clearly it isn't. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, crazy theory time. Crazy theory time. (laughs) Jonathan wrote that, the whole thing. Yeah. It seems that the Ghost Nation hosts are controlled by something or someone. Maeve and Stubbs couldn't give them commands. They seem to want to collect humans. In season one, they captured Stubbs, and they wanted to take Sismore. That's his name, right? Yeah, Sismore, this episode. That's the writer. My theory is that the Ghost Nation hosts are controlled by Elsie, who is a programmer. Yes, the programmer from season one. We have seen Stubbs... The one that supposedly Bernard killed or did something to? Oh, did he? Uh... Nah, I mean, or maybe... Because I remember, I mean, I might be thinking of a different character, but remember there was that character that went in and then someone took her, and then we found out Mm. later on it was Bernard. Okay. But did we, do we know if she's dead? I'll double check. Okay. We have seen Stubbs since he... Uh, yeah, we have seen Stubbs since after yeah after he was captured by the Ghost Nation, and he seems all right. So they will probably not harm Grace and the other humans they capture. Cheers. That's interesting. Uh, there's something fishy w- about the Ghost Nation. If I can plug in another theory real quick uh, from... You know where it's from the Reddit. Uh, real quick, sorry to cut you off. Uh, Bernard, yep. when Bernard regains his memories, one mm. of them is him appearing to strangle Elsie. Bernard believes that he killed her, 
Her signal, yeah. but I, I'm starting to remember this now. But then her signal is discovered in Sector 20, prompting Ashley to go and investigate her whereabouts. Uh, he is subsequently ambushed by the Ghost Nation hosts who do not respond to his voice commands. Right. Um, so this is from Ask a Sadist on Ghost Nation, and I've seen a couple of... This is one of those theories that gets picked up by uh, news outlets like uh, us, for example. My theory on the Ghost Nation is that they are some sort of park security. Their job is to track the guests, and if someone gets lost or put into a situation where they might die, Ghost Nation shows up and escorts them to safety or out of the park. Everyone knows it's possible to die in the park, uh, but has, uh, any, has anyone wondered why no one does? You could easily get lost and die of dehydration. Um, I think the Ghost Nation exists mainly to maintain the immersion while keeping the guests safe. Uh, it's why they feel no pain and are difficult to kill. It's also why Dolores had to kill one or many of them in the first episode of season two. There's a bit more to this, but what do you think? I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting take. Um, uh, it makes sense. I mean, we've also seen... Because, uh, I mean, I still think that was like a first aid kit that William pulled out of the bar. So we also see, have seen that there's probably stashes like that throughout the park as far as if someone uh, was hurt or, you know, possible, possible dehydration or what have you. But this also does work because if they're kind of like the... Uh, at the ends of the park, like almost like a gate, like surrounding it, uh, yes. where they could pick up people and and help them. And I, I mean, I guess that would make a nice. That would be the type of twist they're doing, where you know, like in this episode where we see a character run into the Ghost Nation, and we think like, oh no, they're gonna get scalped. But maybe Ghost Nation only kills other hosts. Ever thought of that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this theory goes on to mention that that I mean the the Ghost Nation people showing up wanted to take our writer friend, but would le- let the other ones keep going. Uh, but he, they really wanted to take him. They also showed up right when that lady from the Raj uh, was waking up on the beach at the end of the episode. They were yeah. also there, and it would be kind of surprising if it was just like. Oh, and then we killed her. Like, what was the point of bringing her back then? It seems likely that it'll be some sort of twist, and something like this does seem uh, kind of likely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, there's a bit more. Let's see. I think the big reveal at the end of the season will be that Maeve's daughter is not her daughter. Her daughter, uh, her program daughter was killed by William, but that is not supposed to happen. Not in a family-friendly park. It caused a glitch, uh, and that's why Maeve is forced to go looking for her daughter because of her cornerstone personality piece uh, is being disrupted. Okay, so this is kind of well, a. Do you uh, mean a like a family one. friendly section of the park? Because I still, even though, yeah. yes, we have seen that families yeah, no, go I to did. Westworld, I wouldn't describe it as a family friendly park. Yeah, I skipped a word. It was a friend- family friendly part of the park. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, so she went out and found a little girl in these... Uh, oh, yeah, that's interesting. So if, if William killed the kid, maybe Maeve went out and found a little girl in the park and claimed her as her daughter. But then the Ghost Nation showed up to take her back, um, knowing that a human girl had been ad- abducted by Maeve, and hmm. they came to return her to her family. I think that will be the big reveal uh, when Lee goes, all right, here's your daughter, and Maeve goes, no, it isn't. But yes, it is. It's the little girl programmed to be your daughter. And then the flashback, and we find out about the Ghost Nation. Interesting. That is interesting. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's all the, the feedback bits, except in the chat, uh, someone with an unpronounceable chat name said, I think some of the characters are robots. I will say, hmm, this could, I don't know. You think you're out on a limb on that one. 
Yeah, hilarious wit. Uh, yep. <laughs> anyways, I, I, I mean, <laughs> episode three here. Um, I, like I was saying, I got to say, man, I feel like this show, the reason why I say it's season one again is because they're uh, going over a lot of the same stuff with this show. Like, I feel like we're reintroducing things to, maybe they're trying to reframe a lot, a lot of what they did because they are kind of retconning where they want to go. But, um, I mean, I got to say that these revelations are not quite revelations. Which ones are you speaking of? Just that there in, are some robots in the park? Just in general. Everything feels very familiar with what we're going over. I mean, we get to see, like, this, this episode starts with a cold open, and we get to see Park 6. I don't know what it's called specifically. The Raj. Huh? Oh, the Raj, Raj World? But the, what, Raj World? Do they add world to it? Uh, well, not on the Delos uh entertainment website for some the Delos Destinations website it just says the Raj now it's been added since last time no wonder it's not uh, that known because uh as we all know we need to have uh like simplicity across the titles and it should be yeah. Raj World uh but either way yes we're in park 6 and we get the origin of the tiger because uh let's get the origin of the tiger now given of course yes we are introduced to a new character that seems to be or will be important. Um, but again, this just opens up like new dumb questions in my head because like okay. who would go to the Raj ever? Like who would want to yeah. visit this park? Yeah, yeah. But also like so you take a gun and you shoot someone, but if it's a human, it doesn't kill them. So yeah, then, we already know that. But <laughs> then why are the hosts able to kill people? Here's the here's the thing that annoyed me about this is it feels like this scene was almost just put in because of everyone in season one going, but how do the guns work and how does the thing do the thing? And then they did that, but they didn't explain it. They just said it again, like, no, you don't get it. Like humans don't get hurt. And it's like, but yeah, it, but, but everyone but has been asking about the specifics of it. But the problem is humans are getting hurt now. So did yeah, these exactly did these self awareness self aware hosts get new guns somewhere that are the human hurting type of guns or are no, the no, guns themselves artificial intelligence that know that that also are like haha let's get the humans kind of like how the tigers are <laughs> well that is a good i mean it's a good question it's something they if they're going to bring up the gun thing uh if they're going to re-explain stuff they might as well say hey this is part of the same network that us hosts are. I mean, not us hosts, us humans, whatever. Maybe they don't know, but I'm just saying, like, clearly it's something about how their brain is, but then it also changes the gun. So I, I never really had a problem with it in season one, but it's almost like they're bringing it up again now just because of the stuff in season one and people so the wondering guns, about it, but the they don't really explain it. The guns are hosts. The guns are hosts as well. <laughs> well, maybe part... <laughs> hey, got a new theory. Do we have a sounder for yeah. that? Uh Maybe. I mean, I just part of this sort of they, they do have this network where hosts connect to one another and uh, like share light information packages and do searches and things. And it would be I mean, it's not a simple solution, but if I had to explain it away, maybe there's a chip in the I gun. I mean, I guess I vaguely do remember in season one, there was that part with the man in black had to get a thing on his gun so he could shoot the host. So I guess there's some science there. I guess, maybe. I expected the guy to get shot and then, like, just bleed all over the place, and that's the way that that character found out that the security was fucked up and that humans could get hurt. Well, it, it just... 
I mean, again, like not. Uh, I can't help but harp on this, but how about all the guns are these fake guns that only shoot like BBs or whatever it is that don't hurt people, mm-hmm. but you program the fucking robots to react to the BBs as if they've been shot because they don't need to be shot anyways. It doesn't matter. And then all I mean, that, that yeah. but but then what would happen is they'd just be stuck with these BB guns, and then you can't have a robot invasion when they're just yeah. shooting and bruising people left and right. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Uh, that would probably have been a lot safer, and I would like to nominate you for the post of security, uh, head of security, because <laughs> Stubbs is not doing his job. But anyway, as you said, we're introduced to these two characters. They're hanging out in the Raj, and my thought was like, I don't know how far in the future this is, but basically if you're white and you have a lot of money like all the guests have, you can go to Asia and like hang out with suppressed peoples and and like have the indigenous the indigenous peoples carry you around and so forth. That's something you can do if you really want to do well, that. Maybe you want to do it without the guilt. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. But to be fair, it is going to like a specific time. It's like it's not modern yeah, day. I know. It's I not know, modern day. Can, like you can pay them to Roosevelt dress up. was like eating at one of the tables. Like it's it's go it's because that that's like saying like why are you watching an Indiana Jones movie? You can go to these caverns and you can try to find trinkets. Right, uh, right, you know what I mean? Fair. Like any like you could be Indiana Jones now, but you want to be Indiana Jones then. Like uh, I do get that. Like you can go hunting now, but you're. You're going for the theme. You're going for like being transported to a specific time and then hunting tigers or whatever it is. I guess maybe specifically for these two characters who are like, oh, these hosts are so boring. I just want to meet a real human. It's like you chose to be there, right? Yeah. that spent a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely something they were trying to explore where it's like. They're so um, kind of uh, like over the, the even the the park itself that it's trying to find a real person within this whole fake thing, I guess, even though you're still there. But either way, like it's just I don't mean to be a downer, but I don't need to see like, oh, this is people in the park and they're doing a thing. And then a host says the violent delights. And like, yeah, we get it. This happens a million times. We we understand the robots are taking over with the violent delights of the people. Oh yeah, and then you know it's a the, the the chase is on. But now like the parks are that close, we're finding out that it's mm-hmm. kind of like you run through this area and then you're kind of in this. I mean, I guess that was the weapon or what we think might be the weapon. Maybe it is like the center of things where here's the edge of Westworld, and then over here is Raj, and over here is whatever. Well, I don't know, because I don't know if that's the weapon, because in the past we already have, like, Shogun World characters coming into Westworld, because at the end they're attacked by a samurai, and that is in the past before they do anything to disrupt it. And and yeah, as you said, there's that close that you just run past a little laser. Well, but this is, in the, this is in the past as well. Like this You're is, right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, because this but is... I was just saying as far as it being weaponized... No, I mean, I only said that because that's what the show made you think was that this area could be the weapon. I don't necessarily think that's what it is. I'm just when I say the weapon, I'm talking about the ocean they they didn't know was there. Right. That's right. And it seems like that is kind of a weird center point, at least from this uh, what we're seeing here, because she falls like, you know, off the cliff into that ocean they didn't know was there and her and the tiger wash up in Westworld. So it's like it seems like through there you can access other parks potentially 
Yes, that's that's a good point. And I will mention, I mean, she did shoot the other guy. The other guy did not shoot her, so oh, she's yeah. probably a host program to act like she's not a host. Um, Plus, they're so. playing. Uh, Seven Nation Army was playing in the oh background. Oh my god! I, I, that my that's my only note for this episode. My gut reaction from that was, "This sucks." Well, that's <laughs> what I sucks. mean. Like, it, that's why it just feels like season one. And I know it's because we're in a new world, though. So they are like at least introducing that. But it's like we're in season one. We're in a place where people are interacting with robots and pop songs are playing in a style and then everything goes crazy. Yeah, I see what you mean, because it's like uh, Westworld felt pretty goofy and silly for some episodes. And just getting such a brief look into the one of the other worlds and you have Seven Nation Army playing as well is probably not going to feel as immersive as the whole of Westworld, which has been built for a bunch of episodes up in our minds, but it's also been built probably by Ford the most. Like, I I, I don't know if they've ever said it, but I just assume it's the largest park because it's the oldest um, and, like, got the most going on. And this, this glimpse of this world feels a bit more shallow uh, to me. Of course, that's also partially because we don't really get a good look at it. True. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, we we get that with the uh, with the cold open, and then we um, c- catch back up with uh, Bernard in what's basically closest to a present day that we know of, like post mm-hmm. post uprising, and we see that Charlotte's alive, so she's probably a host. And uh, <laughs> even though this episode does go out of its way to show her escaping in a few different areas i'm like nah she's still a host uh in present day clearly um and then that kicks bernard back into his like glitchy like i don't know what time this is or is it now uh (laughs) moments and we're back he's with charlotte again back in the you know 10 days 11 days prior or what have you right is that kind of yeah things? supposedly 10 yes. days prior sure. she's dressed up in her little han solo outfit there and speaking of charlotte uh i mean i i don't remember maybe i was talking to jonathan uh about this separately i don't recall who exactly but i just want to air it out now in case it comes up later uh charlotte is <laughs> I, I feel silly saying this, but everything is uh, everything that is silly is the more silly, the more true it is. Do you think Charlie is uh, Arnold's son? I mean, Charlotte is. We said Charlie? that. We said that last week. I remember we were talking about it. All right, so that's where I got it from. That okay, was uh, someone had that theory. Someone did have <laughs> okay. the theory. Yeah. There's so many. This I need another wall. I my I I can't keep track. Okay, well, is any evidence to or to against this now? Well, is his son named Charlie? Is that really the thing? Is that? I think so. <laughs> From what we know. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. It's totally his daughter. Because she's in this a lot, and maybe like he said, his son died, but his son just came out as trans and then got amnesia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could be. Or it's just that uh, Ford, you know. His his truth isn't quite his truth because, you know, uh, they could have had to made adjustments to make it work as far as a host is concerned. But I guess we'll see. Of course, the big thing is that she should recognize him. But I mean, or know, the thing is, Westworld. she does. And it is this part of this long con that we're kind of, everyone's kind of speculating is happening here. Yes. Um, so speaking of which, we're in the past and they are 
still trying to get Peter Abernathy, and uh, they they knock out this uh, mustache guy with the hat. What's do we have a name for this character? I, I think there is one. But I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know know his name offhand, but he is just like the quintessential bad guy because he's also a bad guy on The Walking Dead. Um, yes. So it's this bad guy, but then they turn up his compassion and virtue. And yeah, so in one moment, he wants to rape this poor woman. And then in the next moment, he's chasing her down to help her. And she's like, get away. <laughs> get away from <laughs> <Yes>. me. <laughs> Quite comical. Like... I think his name is Rebus. Oh, and okay. it does kind of explain him in the present. Uh, was, this was also pointed out on the Reddit, not that it's a deep theory or anything. It's just when Bernard wakes up on the beach, that character is yet like, shoot a woman over my dead body. Oh. And then he gets shot. So that's because they changed uh, him okay. here. That makes sense. So there but, is some continuity. That, but see, that's where like, I don't feel like this show is being very clear on what is happening to these hosts as far as this uprising. Um, because sometimes... I guess we can control them if we wire directly into them, but we can't through the regular commands. Is that kind of what's happening? Because it feels like yeah. sometimes we can control them, and then other times we can't. And then other and and then even in there's a scene later on with Maeve and her crew, and the writer is mad that Maeve and her you know current boy toy are an item because that's not how they're programmed. And then the guy makes the big speech about how, like, once I realized I was programmed, I became my own thing. But then he starts reciting lines that were programmed to him. So they keep playing this thing of, like, they're their own thing. Wait, no, they're not. Wait, well, they're their own thing. <laughs> Well, I don't mind that with the with that guy at, at least because they have such limited behaviors and patterns that they will keep doing even if they're released. Like as Dolores keeps saying, like these people are children. They don't know they're free. They they can now hurt other humans and maybe they have the space to develop, but Dolores needed 30 years to to reach this point or something like that. And uh this this guy in the black hat, I mean, he can only say the things in his brain, but they're always reconnecting and, and making new things out of it, the input that he's getting. And there's improvisation that is supposed to grow into them maybe becoming real people. They're still going to knock around these phrases, though, I think. Um, but you had a good point. But uh, it's still, uh, but uh, even uh, if they're knocking around phrases, uh, then all they're doing, they're still working on programming because he's yeah. still loving in the same way that he's programmed to. It just mm -hmm. happens to be someone different. Yeah, but I, I think guess that's it's... true, and I think that's true for all the characters except Dolores and, and Maeve. But that's why I don't really buy it, because even Dolores, Dolores is clearly acting on programming a lot, where yeah. when she's like, call me Wyatt, and she's just playing through... like That's kind of my, one of my other issues with this show right now, is now we have to watch like a Western. Like, we have to... Like, now, sometimes it's just a Western, because... We're in Westworld, and we're seeing these things play out as programmed. Uh, so I don't mm -hmm. buy it, really. And then especially with Maeve, I mean, I've always been um, questionable. Anti daughter. Yeah, I, I've yeah. just been questionable on that being clear and true that it's not some sort of piece of programming. Uh, but, I mean, I guess that that's obviously on purpose. I mean, that is part of the charm of the show is that it it, it it's not supposed to be you know, uh, clear, this is this, and this is that. That's like the nature of the show, but it's just start. It's hard to get invested in what's going on because 
it's hard to know who's who and if they're acting on like a character standpoint or if it's going to just be turned on you later on. Yes. Um, if, if, uh, if you don't believe that Dolores is actually like acting freely, then it kind of takes some of the air out of it, which I also kind of questioned a bit in parts of this episode where it's like, well, how much of this is Ford's doing? Cause you like to talk a lot about how you're all free now and, uh, how much of it is is not actually free, um, but as as you mentioned, sometimes they can control them and sometimes not. Bernard does throw out the line, or maybe we should call him Arnold, but uh, like, but Del- Dolores kind of hints that oh, you don't even know who you are. Like he does, he knows he's a host, but not that he's based off Arnold. Do you think that's the case? Well, doesn't he know he's Arnold now? I thought he knew that he's Arnold. I thought so too, but Dolores said something like, "Oh, you don't even know, bro." Um, but either way, he does she, say, he, he says, I, oh, the network's down. That's why we need to plug in a thing in his arm. But, yeah, and I guess the network's that. up again in the future, but I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He does say that. And that's kind of why I guess the commands aren't working uh, and they have to be uh, like d- d- jacked in directly. Um, I get, I, I, the way I look at it is I call him Bernard when we're clearly dealing with the host version. And then it's Arnold when it's like a flashback and it's. The non-host yeah. version, even though they kind of will play with that, where you don't know what's what's what here. So, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so they're trying to get uh, Peter Abernathy, who keeps talking about wanting to get on a train, which makes me think of Maeve and how she wanted to get on a train. Yeah. Um, because I mean, they made it clear that she was following her programming when she was doing that thing. I mean, although it's her child is also programmed, so. Yes, but either way, yes, there. The whole thing is this forge in this episode, yeah, and, and, and there's a lot about the forge. Yeah, and I guess like that's supposed. I mean, you're supposed to be wondering. It's the same as uh, free will versus destiny as a person. That's our, their version of that. Where, you know, uh, do do I want to go and watch? Uh, another episode of Westworld because I want to, or is it my destiny to watch another episode of Westworld? Uh, So I I guess I I can appreciate that now talking it out a bit more. Uh, It's just sometimes this show gets frustrating because maybe it's because you're waiting, or at least me specifically, I'm waiting for the, the turnabout to happen. So I'm trying to stay ahead and that's not obviously a good way to watch a show. Uh, but I do feel a little bit that these first three episodes have kind of been at a, like a stall where there's a lot of, you know, a lot of poetry and prose, a lot of people that have to talk in riddles to each other um, because we can't really say what's happening because then the show would be done. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good point. I feel like, I feel like very ordinary stuff is happening in this episode but then they throw in little things that are going to be super important later. Like they hide it with this story with the fort. I think the important stuff is about, yeah, you know, Peter Abernathy had some sort of encryption thing. And then Bernard was messing around with an iPad and accessing that. And that's going to be the most important thing in the fucking season, yeah. probably. But it's all hidden in this whole plot. Well, And that's what I mean, like, because... I appreciate what they're trying to do because it is setting up a Western plot. Like, you know, it's the showdown at the fort. We got to defend it. And, but the thing is, I don't really like Westerns that much. So, (laughs) and, uh, I mean, I like the idea. Like, I like how she shows them modern, like machine guns and stuff. Like I kind of like some of that stuff. And, uh, these robots figuring out, Ooh, machine guns. It's like going into 
uh, like uh, medieval times and they're all real fucking knights and you're like, here's a bazooka dude. And they're like, bazooka? Uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's just, and like the email pointed out, like as we get into that, you know, Dolores kind of falls into her programming, I'd say, when it's like she sees Abernathy and it's her father and she has these feelings towards him. But then she just leaves them in a room that's easily busted into so they could take them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was thinking of that as well. When, when she falls into that, it's like, oh, yeah, Dolores, she's showing her human, quote unquote, side because she's been not that, you know, likable as a character. We're more with Teddy when we're hanging out with them, too, because Teddy's the one who's kind of like, all right, Dolores. And she's the one who's murdering people left and right. And we don't even know what her master plan is. So it's uh, hard to be co completely on board. Mm. Uh, I was trying to find where Bernard is talking to Dolores, but uh, I, I, I they just talk about, you know, this world is a speck of dust and on a much larger world. And she's she actually points out, which is a good point. Hey, remember how you've actually never been outside? Uh, yeah, but I have. So STFU. Yeah, and there's another line, I think, which was in one of the episode one, like, flashes. Or maybe it was just in the, uh, like, this season on Westworld. But I think it was in the episode where she says, like, you know, you don't, like, we have, uh, like, we don't know what we could become or something like that. Like, something just about the hosts and how they're, like, the future. Uh, the line, yeah, we're just, like, a speck of dust on another world. Like, that was definitely in one of the trailers for the upcoming, so... Maybe I'm just watching the trailers and spoiling the episodes for me. Yes, <laughs> potentially. Um, so uh, as you met, well, we get to get to see these great characters, these two, uh, these two butcher programmer characters. Again, oh, as dude, I groaned when they came back. How happy were you uh, inside that we weren't done with these characters? Um the most three-dimensional parts. Um, yeah, they, they, they all team up I mean, and head Felix, out. Felix is like the main one, right, that she kind mm -hmm. of bonded with. The other guy, I don't know the other guy's name, but he is like the worst because he's always like angry and freaking out about everything. And I'm like, oh, no, this guy's back. <laughs> yeah, it was pointed out to me by a friend that... He does say in season one, "You're not a you're not a programmer. You're a butcher, and that's all you'll ever be." Yes. And he actually says that, and that's a line. And he's not supposedly not a host, so he shouldn't have that bad dialogue. <laughs> yeah, well, um, and and the problem I have with some of this stuff, well, I mean, I guess I get that they're not necessarily in Shogun World. A, a, a samurai has crossed over into their world, but. They keep it, it. Feels like everyone's always lost. Like everyone's always like, "Where are we?" And that's kind yeah. of most of the show. Like they're, we're, we keep jumping around to, you know, Dolores and then the man in black and then Maeve. And they're all on this mission to get to a place. Now, it's very vague to us on the audience on where that place is. But then it seems like to the characters, they also don't know. They're like, oh, it's snowing. What is going on? Like, where are we? Mm -hmm. And I, I get it. It's because they're kind of getting on these elevators and going underground and coming back up. But it's almost like, Hey, when you're underground, maybe you should just go to where you need to and then take a lift up to the spot that you're trying to get to. Yeah, I guess it's not connected, but <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I, guess, I thought that was the whole point. 
Um, so we have to talk about the actual connection um, that Bernard is making within the arm to Peter Abernathy, and he, he yanks the cable out right as they storm in and grab him because he's trying to decrypt something or something like that and manages it probably right in time. Um, what do you think is going on here? Well, I mean, and also you saw that it said one-time use or something like that, right? It said like password, yeah. one-time use. So clearly whatever it is, Bernard has either downloaded it to his tablet or more likely to himself, I guess. And that's yes. why they're doing the long con on him in this present day uh, flashes that we're seeing. You sure you don't hang out on the Reddit? Because that's the that's the big one <laughs> is, over there. Is that really <laughs> it? I swear I haven't read that. I was just kind of... I guess yeah. I'm a pro now. I'm a Westworld pro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are, do have a show for it. So yeah, many are suggesting that... The, uh, Oh, yeah, the, the, the one-time use key. Uh, this is from Pedxing on the Reddit, who said, Many are suggesting this means Bernard accessed the data and downloaded it to himself. So the Bernard loop theory suggests that Delos is running him through a loop repeatedly to access the data in Bernard's head. In other words, Bernard has the payload. But actually... This person says, I have another theory. It, w it always annoys me when movies and TV make near impossible things like breaking encryption and transferring data take an instant. And when they uh, forget that you can copy data, not just remove it. Um, so they, this person has something they're calling the crypto locker theory. Bernard didn't access or download the data from Abernathy. He simply encrypted it. This makes Abernathy irreplaceable because he holds the data, but it also makes uh, Bernard ir irreplaceable because he has the key. The Bernard loop theory makes sense if they're trying to get the key, not the data uh, itself. A one-time use password could be uncrackable. Bernard could have gathered random information about his surroundings and used that as a password. Since hosts have perfect memory, he could reproduce the key at will, but no one else could. Thus, Delo's security, and Charlotte in particular, has to entice Bernard to give them the key even though they already have Abernathy. I mean, I'll go a step further, and it's kind of a combination of both of those where, yes... You know, data can be encrypted, but you can also still copy it over and it's still encrypted where Bernard can have the data and part of just getting it like they can't access it still. And part of decrypting it is going through this, uh, you know, long con or the whatever they're calling it cycle that they keep having to perpetuate with Bernard. So, I mean, I guess it could be either one. I would say it's more likely that Bernard just becomes more important than Abernathy because I'm still scratching my head being like, all right, Abernathy? Like, I get she's, he's important to Dolores, but at this point to the audience, Bernard's obviously a more important character. Yes, and I like that we're saying, like, of course he's going through these loops like it's <laughs> yeah. obvious because that's no no way been shown in the show. Um, but I, I guess, I mean, that's very likely. And if not that, at least it explains a lot of his vague, weird looks in quote-unquote present day when he's walking around and getting these flashbacks because Abernathy was malfunctioning because he had so much data or something going on underneath his personality. So Bernard seems to be trying to operate his personality personality code and all everything while he's got something in there we're not a hundred percent on what but he's got something and and i mean one of the frustrating things and this isn't just a westworld thing i mean this is um uh like any type of mystery show in general thing and uh, but when we have to have the moment where bernard is like oh my god where like he sees the thing so bernard knows the thing and then we have to cut away because 
We as the audience, we're not there yet. But hey, Bernard is on to something and we're going to find out in four episodes. <laughs> when did he see a thing? No, when that... it, when he did the password thing, he it made it seem like he did it and was like looking at his tablet and he had a reaction uh... like, great Scott, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and but then they cut back to the battle. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all... Maybe he found the immortal Delos guy. I don't know. Uh, I would assume not, but who knows? Charlotte is his daughter and everything, so, I mean, we, we don't really know at this point anything. Then Teddy doesn't kill a guy in the least surprising scene I've ever seen. I, this is where I get the feeling you were talking about of, like, yeah, great, Western scene. Is yeah. it going to play out like the trope? Yep, it is. And Dolores is watching. She doesn't look surprised. She shouldn't be. Of course he doesn't kill him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I found in my notes real quick, The from what I was talking about earlier, uh, Dolores says, um, did I just fucking lose it again? Uh, oh, um, God damn it. Oh, there's beauty in what we are. That's what the line was. I butchered it earlier, but that's what I was referring to. She says, there's beauty in what we are when she's talking about basically like their potential and, you know, there's a whole world out there of people that don't want to... D- I mean, she to tie into the immortal theory, she does have a line, something like, there's a whole world out there of people trying not to die and, and we, we don't have to worry about that. So... True. That, that could be a little uh, seed they're planting. One thing I do like is I do like when they cut to... Um, like, when Charlotte meets up with, like, the safety uh, people, like, the security, and when we're kind of seeing the security and they're in these, like little max mad max type cars and even the music is like mad max and it kind of changes the tone a bit i do enjoy that and i'd like to explore that a little bit more because it's just another way to mesh some things together like if we're going to be meshing you know shoguns with westerns and then all of a sudden we have this like post-apocalyptic type uh you know cyberpunk uh side of it i i do enjoy the potential there yeah, I mean, the concept of the show is very cyberpunk, but they have not involved that many elements from that whole genre. And hey, they're getting samurais in there. Just, <laughs> give, them, just give them rocket skates or something and you're, you're halfway there already. But yeah, you're also right that it, this is basically becoming like mashup central, everybody. We're going to throw everything in there, which I was excited for. I guess I, I am... I still want to see the samurai, and I, wa- I would be more excited about the Raj if it was like Dolores busting in and killing everyone because they're crossing over in a significant sense. If we're just yeah. seeing bits and pieces of other worlds, I'm not sure how hyped I am. Uh, but yeah, it certainly feels like they're going down this route of like, it's the Avengers of shows. We're bringing well, every film we got, every genre. It's Ready Player One. I mean, just say what it yeah. is. The Westworld Sorry, is ready. Yeah. I mean, Westworld really is just like... Uh, I guess a more mature adult version of Ready Player One. Mm, it's hard to make a less mature version of Ready Player One. <laughs> but, uh, but so, if they act, well, you know what I said. I guess an elevate, like to what someone would think is an elevated Ready Player One. At least that's the potential. If we have all these parks and things start bleeding over, and then bleed that into whatever the you know current modern day world is in this universe, just call it what it is, dude. It's Ready Player One. It is Ready Player One. And if Bernard had gone great Scott uh, and actually been Doc, they would have been, you know, it would have fit right in there. So we end up with the samurai attack, uh, as as we mentioned. Uh, I think we pretty much covered the, yeah, the we, most important bits. Uh, yeah, we jumped around a bit. But, I mean, you know, we talked about the the, the, the battle and basically it was falling into a Western. I, be, I believe that's purposeful. It just, it was a bum up because, like, 
I felt like they thought they were doing like a Game of Thrones type action sequence where they were going to have this epic battle, but like either it just wasn't that interesting, the filmmakers weren't that interested in it, or it wasn't the point. It just, I feel like they could have made that battle feel more epic and maybe Game of Thrones ish. Uh, while while also having some you know plot point stuff hap- happening around it, but I mean there's a reason why it was already called out, and I've seen it called out in a couple other reviews that they're like, what the security just walks in a straight line towards yeah. these hosts that can kill them now, and then I mean yeah there 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 wasn't a lot to it, and it, I guess it's to be seen on if that was deliberate, but I feel like it's just that's how they did it. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't very exciting, and it's not even like when Dolores kills hosts, it's not even that exciting because we know they can bring them back, but they do go out and stab all the confederados afterwards, and she says not everyone gets to make it to the new world or whatever, and I don't know if that means she judges them morally, but is she aware that it's all programming anyway, and uh, why do they all need to die? And of course, we have to remember the end of episode one with all the dead people in a fucking lake. Uh, is there a, is there maybe a point to her collecting a bunch of corpses or is it just cause it, cause if it's just for fun, that seems a bit weird. Yeah. If it's just, they explain it away as like the Wyatt part of her brain took over or something like that'd be kind of a bum out. And I mean, like it's a cool ending that the samurai comes up, but they do it in a way of like a cliffhanger, like, Oh no, he's going to, is Maeve going to survive? And it's like, yeah, yeah she is. So, yeah. all right. And, and I mean, Maybe if they didn't already show um, that there was a Shogun world, like at the end of season one, it would be a little bit more uh, surprising. Yeah. I, I I mean, it could just be that I'm a jaded, you know, uh, podcaster that studies the show a little bit too closely. Maybe that's part of it. But I feel like it was just a little bit too telegraphed to be that much of a wow moment uh, at the end of the episode. Well, the whole episode is about how stuff can bleed between these worlds. And I mean, the whole thing with the Raj is set up super big. And then right before this scene, we have her arriving in Westworld. So it's not a big thing that that the samurai is just there. I don't want to like call for unnecessary bloodshed, but if he'd come up and killed one of the characters... Uh, one of the humans it would have to be for the, for it to be permanent. It, maybe that would have been more of a like shock moment. It's clearly not a shock moment. It's just like they. It's almost like they know we're not excited about the Raj, so they leave <laughs> yeah. this until the end. So we're oh, we're gonna be excited about the next episode. That's now. true. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely more excited to see uh, some samurai show up. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but what are you excited about, dear listeners? Uh, what are you theorizing about? Please send it to westworldtheory at gmail.com or shows what you know show at gmail.com. You can also tune into our live coverage, which is usually on Tuesdays um, at uh, noon Pacific Standard Time. And um, that's in the US, everybody. And we also cover uh, The Handmaid's Tale in our podcast, Gilead Gazette. That's Gilead, like the country in the future of The Handmaid's Tale, and Gazette, like it's a newspaper. And uh, then, of course, there's our Sopranos coverage, Cut to Black, uh, which is also weekly. You can find all our shows at Shows What You Know. Dot com. Jim, is there anything else? Yes, you can also like if you're if you want to stumble uh, outside the realm of TV, much like you're leaving TV world and going into maybe comedy or media entertainment world, then you can find more of Jacob at awesomepedia.org and you can find more for me at jimandthem.com. 
That's right. I just have one more thing to ask you, Jim. Oh, wait, what's that? Is this now?